T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, and we are going back to the well on this one, and we are going to do yet another style episode. The style of the day is... Dun, dun, dun. Well, the week is... Hellas... Lager, 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 lager. Full disclosure, this is one of my favorite styles. Although yep. in doing a bunch of research, and we'll get into it later, it's kind of a broad term for this, but I feel like through the Germans and now through us in America, we've kind of narrowed it into a little more kind of specific flavor profile. I feel like that's generally the case with some of these styles where it's like, hey, this is named after a region, and yeah. then it turns into a very specific style as it gets further and further down the line yeah go back to like our second episode west coast ipas like there's a thousand different ways to make a west coast ipa right so we'll get to that in a second uh you can find us on the social medias and on the podcast platforms uh, most of which we are we are on social media instagram.com slash beers on us uh, patrick's there at p that 085 and then i'm on twitter at mike lynch 27 and then uh, podcasts can be found on apple Podcasts, google play radio.com stitcher omni Tending to the fan.com. I still haven't looked at Omni. I think Omni is related to radio.com, but it's a different site. So interesting. If you use that for whatever reason, like I a don't... podcast subdivision that radio.com just. It, yeah, it slurped it right up. <laughs> um, just like I'm going to be doing with some beer in a second. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, when I click on it, it looks like the same as radio.com. So if gotcha. you by chance use that, even though I don't know if anyone does, uh, we are on there and our episodes are up there. Wherever you someone... find us. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I hope someone uses Omni and they use Omni because they're like, I'm anti-big corporation. I'm anti-radio.com. And now they're like, no! <laughs> that would be a very Portland thing to do. I'm gonna, uh, what have I done? I'm going to choose this because it's the smallest and most you know independent thing owned. I can find. Uh, just kidding. It's owned by another big corporation. I drink Hop Valley because I like craft beer owned by Miller Coors. Yeah. No, por <laughs> uh, So we'll, uh, wherever you find us, if you have yet to do so, give us a little rating and maybe write a review for us and uh, subscribe if you haven't downloaded the episodes. Uh, even if you haven't listened to them yet and just want to click the download button for when you do eventually listen to it, uh, the numbers help us out. So anything helps. We appreciate it. Uh, I do want to give a massive, massive... I like how we both grabbed our phones. Massive <laughs> shout out to one of our listeners, Taylor Rawlings. Um, DM'd us on Instagram last week. Actually, slid right into our. He DMs. slid into the DMs, Hot and boy, and heavy. oh boy, did we accept the sliding. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he he did this before even listening to last week's episode when we complained that we had no idea what beers of the week that we did. Um, we're, we'll probably share this now that it's. He said he finished it. We'll probably share this on our own personal page and on the Instagram page too. Uh, it's a Google Drive uh, document or Google Sheets document, one of the two. And um, he went back and put every single beer that we did, including like tasting rooms and our Let's Experiment episodes and all that kind of stuff, and our Beer of the Weeks. He put what week it was or what episode it was. He put 
what style of beer, the brewery, and then he wrote down the tasting notes that both of us gave for the beer, and if we had a guest on that show, what the guest gave for the beer. So, Taylor, thank you. We love you. That is so cool that you did that. Um, I had this like moment when I saw that DM. I was like, oh, really? And I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, my God. Thank you so much. Like, I didn't know what to say other than, like, he was like, do you want me to change this? I was like, dude, I don't, no, no, you, you did great already. You keep doing you, man. I, I don't have any, I don't want you to change it on our account. You already did it for, for yourself. So, uh, we appreciate it so, so much. And we'll, we'll share that out so you guys can take a look at all the uh, beers that we did uh, as I'm just, well. I'm just looking at it right now. You can also sort by brewery, beer type, uh, and a couple of other things as well. I'm also looking at it right now and I made a mistake. I was at the store to find a couple Hellas examples. One of them we've already done. Oh. Well, now we can reference this in yeah, the future. I know. I should have looked at that. I'm so stupid. But that's okay. You're not stupid. Well, this is for different reasons. You're I just think, dumb. I think, we were, <laughs> I, I think we were drinking it last time to actually like taste it and talk about the flavor profile and stuff. And to where this, I think, is more of a comparison. Because we have so a classic we, as well as a as modernized as, version. Yeah, as a Pacific Northwest version. Because um, I was like, should I, get, should I get the weight finder? Should I get the Occidental? Should I get the bear lick? And I was like, we do tons of bear lick. And I ran into the Occidental. We definitely did the hell before on yeah, this podcast. Yeah, and we've done too. hell before. And we talk about that beer at, at nauseum sometimes. And and so I was like, and I ran into the Occidental guys the other day, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go to the Occidental. And it's like, well, you already had that thought, loser. <laughs> but that was like way back in the day that we did that, didn't sure. we? Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll share that out on our own personal accounts and, and uh, as well as the Beers on Us account on Instagram. So uh, give a look at it if you're interested. And um, I'm assuming Taylor's going to add to it as we go. So again, uh, do it as long as you want to, man. If you want to stop, I totally understand. Baller but, move, uh, bro. Uh, it's, it's really, really cool of you. So we really, really appreciate it. Baller move. Um, Anything interesting in your week in beer? Because I've got a couple of things that I uh, I would like to share. Um, sure, I'll go first because I am in a positive mood today, Michael. And um, <laughs> well, no, I'm just joking. One of the things is actually going to be positive, even though you might not like it. And the other one's going to be two uh, things are going to be negative, and you, well, well, I went to. I have taste buds too. Okay, <laughs> and my own opinions, man. <laughs> even though the coffee I'm drinking right now is burning them. Um, me and the lady and the best friend and and his man, we all went to uh, Wayfinder on Saturday. Um, and I had, uh, let's see, I had two pints of, they have a UK pale. So it's like a British style pale ale, ESB, IP, like whatever you want to like categorize it. But it is, it's very malt forward pale ale. And using a lot of British malts like Maris Otter, some classic stuff like that. And I absolutely just loved it. I enjoyed it so much. I saw it on the menu and I instantly knew I want that. And I took a sip and I went, yes, yes, that was great. And and my good friend Joris, who's the bar manager there, uh, sent me home with a little care package that I've been kind of slowly going through. And I just, for the most part, really, really love that brewery and the beers that I had were excellent. I got the Vienna Lager, the Luna Muerta, which I think is just an awesome beer. I love that style. That's my favorite from them. Yeah, I love that style almost as much as I love the Hellas. I don't know. I go back and forth. They're kind of similar to an extent, but different on their own accord. Um, and then what else did I have? I had their their Doomtown West Coast IPA, which is very different than any West Coast IPA you're going to do. That's kind of Wayfinder's approach to IPAs. I enjoyed that. I have a Doppelbach I haven't opened yet. And a new one, it's like a, like Mad Chuck, I think it's what it's called. It's a hazy IPA they did for um, Chuck's Hop Shop, which is a bottle shop in Seattle. Very popular, famous one up there. And I'm going to give it a shot because 
you know, I respect Wayfinder and I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with it. And you've been way more experimental with Hazy's lately, kind of giving them a go and seeing if you liked them. You found a couple that you've liked. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not on the craze, but I think I've, I think my shouting from the rooftops has come down a little bit and I'm now just trying to approach them as, does this taste good? It's kind of like, like I remember, I know some people that, that waited along on the Hayes train and, and they were just, I think a lot of it because they were trying to figure out what the positives are from the hazy train and how to incorporate their own beliefs into it. And I think some of those people that waited a little bit have seen some rewards on that, that their hazies turn out to be fairly solid. Makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah. Showing a little patience, a little mm -hmm. bit of learning versus just pumping out because that's what the public wants. You mm -hmm. know? I've been going to Tulip Shop Tavern too much and they have a Cloudburst Hazy on that. I mean, if you go there and you want a hoppy beer, you're going to most likely have to drink a hazy. Um, so I've been kind of enjoying those cloud bursts a little bit, but I also had at Cerveza had, um, uh, West coast story, which is a West coast IPA from culmination. I quite enjoyed that. I found myself drinking it a little too fast mm. for my standards. I tend to be a slow drinker. I'm about a beer every 45 minutes to an hour. A lot of my friends, uh, give me a lot of crap for it. <laughs> I totally get it. It's kind of a fun thing to laugh at. I am kind of a slower drinker and I find myself kind of crushing that beer which is kind of scary, but it, it was really, really good. Uh, my weekend beer, so I went to Bridgetown on Saturday. I had a buddy who just moved here like a month or two ago from the East Coast, and he had just gone back to visit for the holidays, and he was like, hey, you want to hang out? I was like, yeah, I just got to watch the NFL games this weekend. And he goes, oh, yeah, me too. I'd like to. So we went out to Bridgetown to watch the Niners-Vikings game, which turned out to be pretty snoozy, especially in the second half. So I was able to... Uh, bring back some beer for the weekend from there. Uh, my favorite beer that I had there was uh, Bend Brewing. Uh, they have Spot Market. Spot Market yep. IPA. I've been drinking a bunch Ooh, of that too. That was good. That's good. I I shout out to Bend Brewing right now. I think they are They're like skyrocketing I, up. Yeah, my list. I mean, I've, I'm only having their their like draft IPAs and Tropic Pines was really good. Uh, fresh hops. So then I, I brought gave... in their export stout when they won the award. If you remember that. Oh yeah, that is true. And uh, I liked the fresh hop Tropic Pines, and so I kind of gave the the non fresh hop a, a shot at it. Only hoppy beers I've had from them lately, so I would like to revisit some of their other stuff. But man, they're they're making good stuff right now, <laughs> they really and that's are. and I'm excited to see that because I think some stuff I've had from them previously I, was to be desired. And I think things are really well balanced, great character profiles. I had a couple of other beers there. Nothing like super standing out to me. Um, I uh, I did have the Multnomah County Stout from Culmination out of a can. Mm. Uh, smokier than last year, I feel like, but uh, quite good, of course. They've got Pliny the Elder on draft right now. I know. I missed it by like three days. <laughs> uh, and then I took some beer home with me. So what I took home is I took home... Uh, two barrel like beers. I took home the Woodworker Barrel Age Stout because I had not seen that anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And I, I went to that release party at Barrel Lake. Yeah, you told me yeah, that. It was really fun. Uh, it was good. I, had, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I also got a Barrel Lake Pancake House Stout, which I have yet to drink. It's in my fridge still, but it looks good. I'll probably like it based on my, my usual taste. Mm -hmm. And then I got two other beers, and both of them um, disappointed me, if I'm going to be yeah. completely honest with you. One of them shocked me that it disappointed me because I've had it before and liked it. Uh, it was Wayfinder's Italian Horror Pills. The Terrifica. The Terrifica. Um, it wasn't bad by any means. And it wasn't, and the thing I'm about to say wasn't overbearing, but it was there. There was a little bit of a buttered popcorn flavor in that yeah. beer. Yeah. And I was, I was really, really surprised by that because everything I've had from Wayfinder up until this point has been perfect, mm -hmm. basically. So I don't know if it, if it happened. I mean, when you get that flavor, it usually happens in the process of brewing, as we've learned. But I don't know. Maybe it was sitting on the shelf for a while, but again, 
it's Bridgetown Beer House. They go through their beer all the time. They rotate. They keep the dates up to date. So especially Wayfinder. Wayfinder moves at that at so, that shop. Uh, to me, I. I Maybe other people didn't taste it in that, but there was some flavor in there that did that tasted a little bit of that butter popcorny, which is diacetyl. diacetyl. And that usually that, a precursor. That was sad to me. Yeah, I you know that beer specifically, you know, and I you know I don't know them personally enough to like speak for them by any means. But in chatting with some other people, I remember when that beer first came out, everyone loved it. It was very fantastic, and I feel as I talk to my friends that that drink their beer frequently that that beer seems to be kind of a roller coaster of people's feelings. Some people really like it. Some people have said, I don't like this batch. Some of those people might be more critical than they should be. Some people might just be saying it to say something, but I also respect their palates to an extent that um, it could just be a beer in transition. It could be. It also could just be a bad batch, you know? I was just, I was very surprised and uh, I finished it. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't enough to make me not finish the beer. Mm-hmm. It was just in the back of the back of my mind. I was like, yeah, there's something off in this flavor. And that was sad because I really yeah. liked that one. And I really enjoyed the, uh, the Italian style pills at uh, Von Ebert when we went a couple weeks ago. So Holla. Um, I was like, oh, I, I've had this from Wayfinder. I remember it being good. And I was like, ooh. Not quite as good as I remember it. Uh, the one that I, I, I honestly, I, I dumped it. I didn't finish this beer. Ooh. There's not many times you've told me about a drain pour. I I, I try not to because mm-hmm. I'm like, look, I I paid money for this beer. Right. I want to, even if it's not my favorite, I can still drink it. It's a learning it. process. Yeah. You, know, you can keep continue to. Um, I saw this on the shelf, and it was a style that I adore. Uh, it was a it was a stout, or actually it was a porter, and um, it was. It was a candied nut porter, and I went, well, I effing love candied nuts. <laughs> you love going to like, the farmer's market, and they got yeah. those fresh, warm nuts. Oh, oh yeah. my God, they're so good. Fresh, warm nuts. And it was uh, from Trapdoor, and I went, well, I know they make a ton of hazies, and I've gone to Trapdoor, and I've had, when we went, we tried the ESB, which was actually quite good. Yep, I enjoyed that. I've had a Hellas from them, speaking of, that I thought was pretty good, too. Um, So, I was like, you know, I mean, I, I know Trapdoor, I don't know them for their dark beer, but I, I'll give them a try. I've been there before. I, I know they make some good stuff. And I love candied nuts. So I didn't even really look. I just was like, oh, okay. I think it was called Nut Tree Porter, I think is what the name of the beer was. And so I brought it home, and I had it like the two or three days later, and I looked at it while I was pouring it. And the side of the can, it had like eight to ten in- ingredients slash flavor notes to it. And I went, that seems extreme. It was it like, does seem extreme. It was like, this is made with candied walnuts and candied pecans, and it has clove, and it has coriander, and it has vanilla, and it has cinnamon, and it has this and this. And I was like, oh, God. That's going to be... I mean, I like flavorful beers. I, I love bourbon barrel-aged stouts. They are probably some of the most flavorful beers out, beers out there. And I was like, ah, this might be a little bit much. I smelled it. smelled very strong, but it smelled good. It smelled like kind of what they were going for, a nut tree, right? Candy nuts had a little bit of like the the, the tree kind of scent to it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so I get what they're going for. Took the first sip. I was like, whoa, there's a lot of clove. Took the second sip, and I was like, oh, there's a lot of clove. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I, that's not my favorite flavor, to be honest with you, but... Um, I, I got through about half of the can and I actually, my stomach wasn't feeling good from it and it could have just been coincidence or whatever. And I was like, I, I can't finish this beer. And I, I, I dumped the rest of it and I was really disappointed because it was a really unique looking style. I'd never seen something like it before. I'd never mm-hmm. seen beard made with candy nuts before. I, in my honest opinion, I think that if they had lessened the amount of things they put into it, if they had made it more of a sweet nut porter versus adding in the maybe more fragrant powerful spices that they did to counteract it i think it would have been a little bit better but it was just 
overpoweringly flavorful to the point where it, it was it, it made you sick to drink it at that point. So I was really disappointed because I've liked some of the stuff that they've done, but that was not a beer that I enjoyed. So apologies, but that is uh, that was my my bad negative mm. weekend beer. Uh, one thing you mentioned earlier that I did say to you yesterday that I thought was a positive. Uh, my wife still doesn't fully understand what's going on with my beer palette <laughs> changing. And she doesn't have any clue who's been bought and who's independent and all that kind of stuff. So when she goes shopping sometimes on the weekend, like if I'm sometimes when I'm here on when I'm at the radio station doing my show on Sunday, she'll go shopping when I'm here. And I'm like, hey, I need some beer. And she'll grab me some beer. And usually it's fine. Um, but the, this time she got me Hot Valley. And I was like, oh, just so you know, that's another one. Like, stay away from Hot Valley. They were bought by, by Miller Coors. She's like, she gets so mad at me. She's like, <laughs> how am I supposed to follow along with your weekly changing beer habits? And I was like, um, write it down, maybe. Yeah, listen to the podcast, please. <laughs> Duh. Uh, five star review. Po- write a review. Wherever you get podcasts. Yeah. Every Thursday at four. Except for Spotify. Don't, don't find it on Spotify. Um, and... Uh, but you know, it was a it was a large case. It was all cans. It was their IPA case of cans, and I was like, "Look, I'm going to drink it. I'm not going to toss them." Um, you just open the back door and just chuck them out the back door. <laughs> to hell with you. Uh, to, to her, I'm leaving you. <laughs> Whoa! I meant the beer, Mike. Oh, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, she also got me a case of Jubilee, so I was very happy about that. Mm. But uh, I've been I haven't finished them yet. I've been slowly drinking through them. You know what? Not bad. Not bad. Is it a variety pack? It is a variety pack. It has their Bambino stash. It oh, has their Bubble stash. What is Bambino stash? I don't. I don't remember what it says. It. It's one of the special ones on there. Huh. It has their Mango stash, the Bubble stash, the Bambino one, and it has the Cryo stash, all in one. Cryo is the Imperial IPA, mm. and a stash series. Yeah, it's good. I mean, like it's my mustache. Not quite because there's no hair in my teeth after I drink <laughs> it, but uh, it, it was good. I enjoyed it and. I had that thought. I was like, last time I had Widmer, it was terrible. Last time I had Ten Barrel, it was terrible. Last time I had Elysian, it was terrible. This is not terrible. Well, so I don't good. know if it's because it's Hot Val or that's Miller Coors yeah. versus AB InBev. I don't know, but it was it was more drinkable than the other ones recently that I've had um, that were bought by Big Beer. Well, so, that's a plus. If you are in a scenario where you have to have one of those, then Hot Valley is the preferred choice. Based on what I've had in the fridge the last week. Right. So, there you go. There's my week in beer. Two negatives, one surprising positive, and uh, I very much enjoyed the Bear Lake Woodworker, so um, that was a super positive. So, that was a really long week in beer, by the way. There's a lot to talk about there. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. We had good weeks in beer. I feel like we've had some weeks in the past where there just wasn't a whole lot going yeah, on. Yeah, we're like, yeah, I had like a beer this weekend. That was cool. Everything yeah. else is the same. Oh, well, I got drunk at Bridgetown again. Yeah. Whatever. I had another Blackbeard Porter times seven. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, you know all right. So, Stay West I've been drinking. <laughs> I can't stop drinking Cuddle Puddle. <laughs> that is also true. Yeah, I you had probably, another one yesterday. Yeah, I've probably had, you know, like 20 pints and five crowlers and. That's that's go, really underselling it. <laughs> no, it might be kind of at uh, twenty pints might be a little. Dude, low. you talk about it as if you have it every day when your shift is over. I do, I do. It's Although, been a month. I, know, I did have a wanderlust the other day though, but I think that was just I was really tired at the end of my shift, and it was just like muscle memory. I was like, oh, I'm a wanderlust, and I took a sip, and I was like, ah, I want cuddle bottle. <laughs> oh, well, I'll, I'll drink this whatever beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say you've probably had more like forty pints and yeah. like five crawlers of it, dude. You want to know how much probably wanderlust I've drank in my life? I have probably like how many kegs worth? Yeah, I have probably consumed ten barrels Mm, just by yourself. Wanderlust just by myself. I don't even know, like maybe even more than that, because before I worked at Breakside, 
It was like any place I saw that, I just drank it. Drank it all day, every day. <laughs> and then I got to Breakside, and I was like, ah, it's here! I'm going to drink it all day, every day! Yeah! And then I get to a point where I don't want to say I got burned out, but then I just was like, okay, you got to... You- you got to start drinking other things. Yeah. Like, you work for these people Expand now. Expand your palate, Patrick. <laughs> you work for these people now, and Wanderlust kind of sells itself. Maybe try, I don't know, a Pilsner loser. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a crispy boy these days. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you join you know, in, okay? Pilsner's pretty damn good, so. Um, all right, so let's get into our style before we bore everybody to death with our own weeks in beer. Completely and um, derail this whole thing. So we've got two Hellas Lagers in front of us. We have, we have the, cr- the... Oh, sorry. Go for it. I was going to say, we have the Andex, which is one of the classic Hellas, uh, all the way from the Germans. And we are going to double up on the Edel Hell from Occidental. Which uh, we learned, thanks to Taylor, that we already had. That we already had. Um, I almost wonder if we've had this Andex, too, just because... I've had a decent amount of this in my life. Let me see what it looks like because we've had. It's tough for me to remember the names of the German. No, this does not look familiar. Okay, because we've had a lot of beers from German Did breweries. Eyinger, I don't remember. That, Maybe with the Hefeweizen. That in Belgian beers that. where you bring in the classic ones, and I don't know the names of them, but I'm yeah. like, oh, this this tastes good. I can tell this is like really classically like followed the instructions or followed like they they were 200 years ago or whatever. Um, but I don't remember the names. I remember Weizenstoffer. That's one, right? Weizenstefan. Weizenstefan. Vine Steffener. Vine Steffener. Yeah. Well, I was close. Uh, we had that. I remember that for sure. That was the like 101 year old recipe or something like yeah. that. I think that we did that with a Hefeweizen. I think so, yeah. Maybe Einger uh, s- too. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we can we can reference the list later. Yeah. Uh, so we got the two beers in front of us. I'm going to take them both from your side of the table because you're hoarding four and I don't sorry, want you to drink them all. Sorry. Yeah. So I think so. An interesting thing about Hellas and. and I think what one thing we'll have fun, like we might approach this a little bit differently than we have styles in the past, is that you know Hellas is just a German term for for a pale lager. Like it's more more based on color than anything else. But I but I have noticed you know especially in the resurgence of lagers here in the Pacific Northwest, we're starting to see not only a lot more Hellas, but we're seeing a lot more packaged Hellas. I know like Berlick, for example, I feel has done like three different Hellases over the last year or two. And, you know, Wayfinder, you know, is one of the best beers of 2019 and all this kind of stuff that I thought this would be more fun to just kind of compare the two, like kind of look at what a what a German what a German style brewery would consider a Hellas and what an American style brewery would consider a Hellas. Well, let me just say I took a sip of each. I took a smell of each. I took a look at each. And um, First of all, they look very similar. They both have great carbonation. The head on the German one is great better. Carbonation. Uh, the head on the German one is better than the head on the Occidental one. It's just foamier and it's, it's lasting the entire time. Uh, that's not surprising to me because uh, they know how to do their head over there in Germany. Holla, holla, holla. Uh, smell the German one. What is it called? Andex. Andex. The Andex smells really flavorful. And the Occidental smells very neutral to me. It's like, oh, okay, it's a, it's going to be a, a smooth drinking beer, whereas the 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 Andex, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of flavor in here, and they taste pretty wildly different. If you're yeah. asking me, yeah, I did Occidental first, I did the Andex second. Um, I think as almost opposite of what the nose told me, the Occidental has a little bit more depth of flavor to it. It's a little bit better mouthfeel, um, but the Andex to me almost reminded me a little bit of like champagne. Oh, like it kind of had like a little bit of like a light, the flavor was less in the sip. It was just more of like a light, bubbly, easy drinking thing. A lot of the flavor came in the nose more in that one than it did in the sip to me compared to the Occidental where it was flipped. 
So they're actually pretty different based on them being the exact same style of beer. Yeah, right? I would agree. I think I think the I think something I like about the Andex a lot is how malt forward it is. And I think that that's probably, you know, a, a regional location thing. The 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 Hellas the the Edel Hell from Occidental has a lot lower of a malt profile. I think it's I think it's a lot brighter. I think the the Occidental is a lot brighter, a lot crispier. Um, I said better mouthfeel. I yeah. think that's kind of where I was going with that. To where yeah. the to where the German the Andex is a little heavier. Might be a touch oxidation, but I mean it. I, it doesn't say when this was made. I just know coming from Germany, it kind of gets the crap kicked out of it on its way over here. But but I think what I'm seeing in the most in the biggest difference is I think American palates, especially when it comes to lagers, aren't interested in a heavy malt flavor like the Andex would have. And I don't mean like. Like like a Dunkel has a more a richer malt feel, but not a heavier malt feel. Is is that making any sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think the Andex has a heavier malt presence, malt feel than the Occidental. I probably tend to lean a little more towards the Occidental in my Hellas life. Um, but if you drop me in Germany and this is what I was drinking, I, I'm I'm okay with that. Are you are do you feel when you take a sip of the Index, is it kind of giving you a little bit of that like champagne-y, like I see what you're saying about the malt heaviness, but it's almost like it's super light and like seltzery, and then you get the malt flavor. Do you feel that at all, or is that just my palate? I can get you. I see what you're saying on that. Um it's definitely I mean, it makes me wonder if it's like slightly bottle conditioned. It might be. I you mean know. It's just it, it. It just reminds me a little bit of that versus like the Occidental is like yeah I'm drinking a I'm drinking a lager an American version of a German lager. So that was just the way I was looking at it. it. It it's very interesting how both of them are flipped to me. The smells and the and the tastes are wildly different in each beer. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, the Andec, located outside of Munich, Bavaria, this famous brewery part of. Part of equally famous Benedictine monastery is located right at the feet of the holy mountain of Andex. So many monasteries making beer out there. Destination <laughs> of pilgrims since the 15th century. It's known for its spectacular beers and hospitality. That's not telling me what the beer is about there, people, but okay. I don't care. Hospitality, let's go. I'm just joking. That's a, that's a term <laughs> that everyone anything, would like to If it looks anything like the little picture on the bottle, the little drawing... It looks like the sound of music. Yeah, that, that it does, actually. The Rolling Hills. Uh, it looks beautiful. Um, so you said you got some uh, notes about Hellas Lager you wanted to share, about, like, the flavor profile or about how it's made? Or... Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's just, it's all, you know, bottom fermenting, and it's using, it uses kind of, like, more bitter hops, like a holler tau is what, I, is what I've been reading. And it's just, it's kind of, it's almost like Hellas has become this just kind of broad term. It's it's a little different than than a pilsner. It's going to be a little more mildly, like a little touch sweeter than a pilsner. Um, it may be lower bitterness than a pilsner. Um, but I think the whole idea behind this is this Munich style has created this Andex style Hellas, even though the term Hellas doesn't actually describe the style if that makes sense right it's it more means, is, is hell more of like a region or it's, it's an more, ingredient it, it, or it's it's a let's see it's a german word for bright light or pale okay so it's yeah so it's like a it's, a, it's a pale lager it, yeah it's a pale lager right to where i think what's interesting is i think what everyone's been going for and, it, and it's a lot less bready you know a lot less doughier than say a pilsner for example 
But I think everyone has kind of decided that this lightly sweet malt forward, touch of malt forward lager is the direction that a quote unquote Hellas is going to go after. Makes sense. Uh, I think it's interesting then because when you think about the the American or even the Pacific Northwest Hellas lagers, I think most people don't know that it means bright lager, right? Mm-hmm. When you hear Hellas lager, you're like, oh, it's going to be a German-style beer. It's going to be using German malts. It's going to mm-hmm. be using um, maybe even yeast brought over from there or any, something like that. So it's almost become more specific here then it's probably going to be in Germany. Germany is probably just like, yeah, it's a bright lager. We kind of do whatever we want based on where we're making the beer, but it's bright lager. Over here, it's like, Hellas Lager is Hellas Lager. That might be a good point. And especially knowing this town, you know, we have OBAs coming up, and, you know, I know a lot of people are probably going to submit a lot of classic stuff like Hellas, Pilsners, Viennas, all that kind of stuff. I definitely think that we, the people that I talk to in the brewing community, that my friends and, and coworkers and things like that, I definitely feel like we believe this is a certain specific way to make a Hellas to where I think you're right. The Germans might just be, I mean, I'm sure there's high ups in Germans that in Germany that are like, no, this is how you make a Hellas. But I do believe that in our community, it's kind of like, you know, Wayfinder saying, this is how you make a Hellas and Occidental. This is how you make a Hellas and Breakside. This is how you make a Hellas. And, but they're you know, all about the same. Frames doing the same thing. In terms of idea, right? I think I think base concept is very, right. very similar. Where And that's what I'm saying. Maybe in Germany it's like, yeah, it's a bright lager. So it could be a little bit different here and there. We might use different this, different that, different this. I also don't think that. I'm just guessing. I right? also can't think of a Hellas off the top of my head that I don't like of somebody local that's made one. So maybe, well, we're, but just, it's maybe also, we're just in a point of just making a lightly sweet, you know, malt character, but easy body, crisp. It's possible. German style lager. It's possible. I mean, that's also one of your favorite styles. Yeah. So of course you, you probably haven't found a lot that you don't like because you love that style. I know. I was just thinking, I was trying to think the other day, I was like, man, I love Vienna lager. And they were like, yeah, but I had this one the other day and I don't really care for it. And I hadn't had it. I don't even remember what it was. I hadn't had that one, but I thought to myself, oh yeah, what are the Vienna lagers you don't like? Nope, got nothing. <laughs> yeah, but I also, but I think for my palate, where where I am in my knowledge and my journey of of beers, you know, nothing. I haven't had anything. I haven't had any style of beer close to the amount of IPAs that I've had, and I haven't enjoyed any style close to the amount of IPA that I enjoy. And maybe that's why I can be a little more critical of IPAs. Plus, I think they're just a little more broad in terms of how you can make it. To where I feel, as we were saying earlier, this is a little more of a design specific one pathway of how to quote unquote make a pills or make a hellas yeah well and any, any final thoughts before we switch over to our beer of the week i mean i i feel like we kind of talked about it all it's a to me this is a very simple easy drinking style mm-hmm. where it's not like i kind of agree with you and maybe this is just the 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 novice in in my palate and the novice in me as a beer drinker but when i have like the hell and i have the breakside hellas i'm like yeah, they're about the same. Yeah, like they're good as long as the quality is good. Mm-hmm. It's a flavor that you can drink quickly um, if you want to. You can also obviously enjoy it and kind of find any little details that you want. But it's not overly over the top flavorful. It's not overly complex. It is. It is an easy beer to get around, get your brain around. So for me, it's one of those where it's like I don't have a lot of extra things to say because I know that I enjoy the style. But I also am like, yeah, I, it's a hell of a lager. <laughs> <laughs> um, some quick, some quick German examples that I'm, I've got a list here that I, that I can read for you guys if you're interested. There's the Andex Hell. Uh, you'll want the green label, the Volbier, if I'm saying that correct. Um, 
And then there's also Hofbrau, which you can usually get at Prost. They usually have that on tap at Prost. There's also Hofbrau houses in this country that you could go to and get that. Oh, really? I went to Hofbrau house in Vegas. Oh, that's right. You told me about that. Oh, I'd like to go to a Hofbrau. Um, A Spaten premium lager. If you've ever had a Spaten, that beer is awesome. You would love Spaten Optimator. Um, We should get you some of that. And then the Vine Stefaner Original are some examples. And then in town, you know, most... I want to say most people that dabble in loggers are going to at some point dabble in a Hellas, but some package that I've seen, there's Helsner out from Berlick, Heater Allen has a Hellas, um, the Edel Hell obviously from Occidental, Frame does a Hellas, Wayfinder does a Hell, um, I'm trying to think. You don't see too many of them. You don't see too many of them, but I mean, I just named five or six. Well, Freem's is seasonal. Doesn't Bowie do one too? Bowie does do a Hellas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they can. I don't but... think they package it. They did for a hot second. I remember seeing it on a package once, but it's not like second. a regular thing. Yeah, I actually have a lager glass from Bowie that I drink Hellas out of. Mm. I drink lagers out of. I very, think it's because I was... Very fancy. I think because I was there one time and they had Hellas and I had one in that glass and I was like, I want to take this home. They, they were like, like, cool, I'll go get you one. And I was like, no, I want this one. <laughs> <laughs> this one is mine. They're like, do you want us to wash it? I was like, no, I will never wash this glass. <laughs> do you realize that many, many other people have used that glass? No. No, only me. Yeah. There are many like it, but this one is mine. You come back in the next time and you're like, hi, Hellas, please. And they're like, uh, sir, you can't do that. <laughs> in fact, we're going to take this glass back. <laughs> you're like, but no, it's no, it's, it's yours. It's, it's mine. Oh. It's from Bowie. It's mine, but it's yours. I mean, we can... Give me my Hellas, <laughs> please. Anyway, this style's fun. If and... not, I'm going to go get a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Whoa, foreshadowing. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, give this beer a shot. You know, I think this is one of the as we've talked about in you know we, this has been an overarching theme of this entire podcast, not just today, but our entire journey through this is this is a very very approachable style to a non craft beer drinker. If I wrapped this Edel Hell in a Bud Light jacket, I think there's people that wouldn't realize. That'd be pretty crazy to me, but maybe. People that drink Bud Light are kind of dumb. So, coming up next, (laughs) it is time for the Beer of the Week. I guess uh, I forgot that actually what you were bringing in. uh, I I just gave a little tease. It's not a pale ale, don't worry. Um, But uh, it is... Going to be from Sierra Nevada, yes, and sir. you will find out which beer it is next here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, and uh, we already spoiled it, or I accidentally spoiled whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, I don't know what this wee stuff is. You got a mouse in your pocket? Duh. Um, I accidentally spoiled it with the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale joke, although you did not have to say foreshadowing. We could have just let it go. I suppose. So I'm going to say we, Mouse in the Pocket and you and I. Dang it. Both spoiled it. But it is a Sierra Nevada beer that we are doing today. Excuse me. It is not a beer I've ever heard of before. It That's is in because a, it's never been made. It's in a, well, the style was originally made back in the day, right? So it, it that to me is like, it was made, but it wasn't. Um... This is the 40th anniversary hoppy ale. Ale. Uh, and on the back, I was reading the label before we started. Patrick will read it to you once he's done pouring. Um, was that basically they said back when we started brewing beer, nobody wanted hoppy beer. But we wanted to make hoppy beer. 
So we uh, we decided to do it anyway, and now it's become a big thing. And this is basically a West Coast IPA from, I'm guessing, one of their original recipes that they used to do, and they're just doing a 40th anniversary edition of it, probably modernized it in probably many ways. But it's still a, it's a West Coast IPA, which... Um, you know, they're not necessarily known for at this point, but, uh, I'm very, very excited to try it. Hop forward beers weren't popular when we started brewing in 1980, but we loved them. And we knew that if we were going to open a brewery, we'd better make something distinctive. It's been 40 years since then, and we're still brewing what we love. This beer showcases the bold flavors and aromas of a classic West coast IPA, intense pine and citrus. And I think this is important to note here with a deep gold color and a slight caramel sweetness. Here's to following your passion into the next 40 years. I think what's interesting about that is if there's anything I know about Sierra Nevada, and if there's anything I know about kind of larger breweries, whether they're independent or, you know, part of a corporate chain or whatever, is when you start making, when you start mass producing uh, hoppy beers, hops become really expensive really quickly. So a lot of them tend to be a little more malt forward. Take Apocalypse, for example. Total Domination, for example, those IPAs, as we can air quote, West Coast, as we can air quote, uh, are very malt forward. So I think what I love is that they are basically telling you, like, hey, be aware, this has some caramel sweetness to it. That's how we made beers back then, and that's how we want to make beers now. I've I've already had this beer, so I'm kind of, I don't know, I guess I'm like sticking up for it in a sense and just want to preface like what to expect when you're drinking this beer because i was gonna say before you got to that part i took a sip and i was like not as bitter as a west coast ipa normally is right yeah. and they're selling it as a west coast ipa but i understand the the process and if that's one of the original things they did in the recipe then cool it's 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 less about being a west coast ipa in this sense and more about being a celebration about sierra nevada right right and i think this beer what i really like about this beer i mean a i brought it in because it's a sierra nevada hoppy and hoppy beer for their anniversary it's and, cool. and with what we do and our, our jokes with this brewery and and our admiration and our love and the gold standard we set for these guys um i just thought saw this on the shelf and it was like yeah it makes sense that this touches on our on a beer of the week at some point absolutely so this is a um great smelling ipa I get a lot of the pine. I get a lot of like the foresty tree smell right right off the nose. The aromatics are quite nice. Um, it is very bitter quickly, and then that does fade into the caramel uh, sweetness right away. It does. It very quickly cuts it. So you're like, hey, there's the hops. Okay, bye. Um, I think this is a great drinkable beer. I mean, I, I don't really notice a lot of flaws with it, to be honest with you. Maybe it's just a little bit overly sweet at the end, but... They told you that, so mm-hmm. it's not like we can be like, oh, you tricksters. No, we, we should have. If you read the bottle, you know it's coming. And, and the, I think it's cool that they get to do this for themselves after 40 effing years. Yeah, I think I think it's got some really cool like floral notes. I mean, the citrus does come in on the back end, I would say, where the like the pine and the herbal floral, a little perfumey, um, as, as some might say, kind of on the front end. And then, yeah, the back end with the citrus. I wonder... And I, I just wonder this because I think this beer tastes really good. And I think the hop character on this beer is really cool. That, like I was saying about, you know, large breweries trying to make an, an IPA or a West Coast IPA in large batches is difficult. I wonder if they were just kind of like, let's make a good beer and not really worry about profit margins. And let's just put a good beer out there and get people talking about it again. Talking about Sierra Nevada again. Right. Not that we ever stopped. You know, I think they're, I think they have the benefit on the West Coast at least of being one of those craft breweries that we're never going to stop talking about. But 
this gets, you know, this rinky-dinky podcast talking about Sierra Nevada on a larger scale again. Or there's a 40th anniversary party at Bridgetown Beer House tonight where the owner's going to be there. So if you're listening to this today, get your booty over there and check that out. They've got it on draft and some other stuff. I think it's just a smart marketing move. If, in fact, they were just like, screw it. Let's, I don't care what it costs. Just, just, make, just make a good beer and put it out there. I think that's an interesting point because... Uh... To to kind of go against what you're saying a little bit is, do people really talk about Sierra Nevada, or is it just an old reliable beer that's always on tap? So in in that sense, to me, it's like this is a huge marketing hit where it's going to be like, hey, here's a special beer that's a, a limited release that it's going to be celebrating how long we've been in existence, an original recipe that gets people talking. That's the marketing. That's the buzz. Whereas like ex- excluding our Rinky Ding podcast, as you called it, the the Sierra Nevada <laughs> Pale Ale joke that we do every every episode. I mean, do people really talk about Sierra Nevada? I think, or is it just kind of like we know it exists, we like their beer, but it's so old now that this is oh shiny, ooh ooh piece of candy. Oh, let's go over here. Let's go over here. I think the answer to both of your questions is yes. I think I think they are both accurate. I think we take this brewery for granted to an extent, but we're never not going to know what this brewery is. I mean, True. like like how many people could do this? I've been to the Mills River, North Carolina location uh, outside of Asheville. And the only thing I have to show for it is some pictures and I have a magnet bottle opener of their, the Sierra Nevada kind of crest logo thing that sits on my fridge. How many people out there have one of those? Probably a decent amount across America. For sure. Probably a bunch of people have that. I think of Sierra Nevada every time I open a beer Mm. and because of something like that, or we talk about, you know, when I can't tell you how many times I'll be out with friends and we'll be talking about stuff and it's like. Especially now with trends and we're starting into 2020. What do you think is going to be, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, oh, I was talking with Quinn, a good friend of mine who's a brewer at Wayfinder, a former Hopworks guy. He uh, was talking about, he asked me if I had that British pale or that UK pale from Wayfinder. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I love it, blah, blah, blah. And we started talking about pales and how great pales are. And then, sure enough, at some point it switched and it was like, yeah, like, why can't people just make like a Sierra Nevada pale? That's what he said. And you're like... Yeah, whoa, and they do. It's called Sierra Nevada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think the answer to your question for for both of them is yes. I think, I think this is something that's like, oh, look, shiny, shiny, shiny. Um, and I do think there's an extent in which we do, and have, and will take this brewery for granted. I think it's, I think it, but it's not going anywhere. You can get a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale in Beijing, Prague, London, DC, and LA. Like, this beer's not going anywhere. Right. That's not what I'm saying is I think that's the thing is that they, they are so entrenched in the craft beer world that unless something massive happens on their business end, they're not going anywhere. Right. I was with somebody yesterday who tastes this and he goes, wow, this is really good. I feel like I'm at an airport. <laughs> what? Because you get Sierra Nevada at like any airport, you know? That is such a strange it's comment. Like, oh, this is good. I feel like I'm at an airport. That's such... <laughs> I mean, I know some people like airports. I don't. I don't hate them by any means. But that's a weird. Like, that's not something you should be thinking about. Like, oh, I'm at a crappy airport bar in the middle of the walkway, and there's people bumping into me, and there's strangers next to me, and I had one beer option, and it was Sierra Nevada. So of course I chose that. Like, I don't want. I don't want that memory. But if I had a layover for six hours in an airport and they had pale ale, keep it coming. <laughs> well, just keep it coming. Right. So uh, I will say they'll always be entrenched in craft beer culture. But I mean, taken for granted. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the case. With a lot of big local breweries too. I mean, 
I mean, I, I, I always talk about Deschutes. I want to keep Deschutes in the mind of people because they still make great beer. Deschutes is taken for granted 100%. I mean, because I think, it's everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, that, I think that, even, that even goes to some other things. Like, do you, know, do you know what people in Chicago would do if they had this much access to Breakside or Frame beers? They would lose their minds. That's all they dream about. And then we're out here and we're like, oh, yeah, Freem's good. Break science good. We even locally take some of our staples in this town, some of our most decorated, greatest breweries in this town. And we're like, oh, yeah, they're good. You know, like how long until Wayfinder? We're like, oh, yeah, they're good. Right. Instead of just being like, oh, man, Von Ebert's the place you got to be right now. Berelick is my jam. That's what we got to do. How long until you're like, oh, yeah, Berelick. Yeah, that place is good. Been yeah. there a thousand times. Whatever. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I've done that with Freem on the shelf before. I'm like mm-hmm. looking for a beer for the weekend. Yeah, had it. Yeah. Had yeah, it. I had a Freem. Freem had it. I had a Freem yeah. IPA in a can the other day, and I was like, oh, crap. This is awesome. <laughs> you know? And you're just like, ah, stupid, man. Stupid. Right. Enjoy the beers that you that you know are there. I think we talked about this, this maybe like a couple months ago at this point, where we were like, don't just fall victim to what the popular marketing thing is right now. Mm-hmm. Go back and enjoy the old classics, yep. because if you don't, maybe something like that happens at Bridgeport happens to your favorite brewery. If yes. you don't go and enjoy your classics. So. Yes, that is the truth. Especially if you're not enjoying the classics and you're not talking about them and you're not helping that brewery evolve. Yeah, it's just so easy to slip by the wayside. So just... Still enjoy those and go, I mean, not that Sierra Nevada needs your help, but don't forget that Sierra Nevada exists, and if you uh, still drink it all the time, then good for you. Whoa. Yeah, we, well, we appreciate you. I mean, I do that with Breakside IPA all the time. You know, people love Wanderlust. It sells itself. I think the name is really great, too. And then it's like, hey, guys, I do, tell this to my staff a lot. Hey, don't forget Breakside IPA. Or like we do all these fun loggers now, and I'm like, don't forget Breakside Pilsner. I think it's important, you know, especially if you're us or Freem or, you know, even even some of these guys that that were that were really hot, really hot on the market two years ago and are still making great beer and still continuing to push core brands, core brands for life. Yeah, don't that's forget, keep you afloat. That's what people liked you when they started drinking you in the beginning. Yep. All right, that's gonna do it for us today. Um, we are likely, well, I shouldn't say likely, we are efforting to do an on location episode for next week with Ruse. That's the goal. Uh, that is the goal. Uh, we need to make sure we have the equipment available as well as the time on, on the weekend to do it. So uh, if we do not do Ruse next week, we'll be doing that uh, in the very near future. I'm also working on Occidental as well. I ran into those guys and mentioned it, and they would they said they would be super jacked. They said, come on down anytime. Okay, cool. So we will uh, we will do those in the coming future. If not, we'll figure something out for next week. We haven't done a tasting room in a while, so maybe we can do a tasting oh, yeah, room. Oh, tasting room could be fun. If we don't go on location for next week's episode. I'll keep my, I'll keep my eyes out. In the next week or so, we're an interesting kind of stock up. We're in an interesting time of beer. I feel like because now that the winter is like past started, we're like in the middle of it. No longer is it just like oh, look at all these brand new stouts. It's like we're starting to see some like at least when I've gone, I'm like oh, I don't need a stout now. I've had that for three straight months. Let's see what else is going on. I think yeah, I think we're in a little bit of a plateau right here, and then we'll start seeing. I think we'll start seeing session IPAs. And some pale ales start to come through as we get into March and April, and yeah. then you know crispy action back on again in full strength. But I feel like this will be a good time to kind of look at what's out there and has been for a couple of months mm-hmm. and pick and choose because it's not like this time of like oh all these new beers are coming out all at the same time. It's kind of excuse me, I'm seeing all these calendars come out from oh, yeah, the breweries. All the release calendar calendars, and I'm like that's this is the time of year where you can be like I've seen this on the shelf. 
couple of weeks, but I've been having all these stouts, but I've been wanting to try this. Yep. Let's try this. So I think it'd be, it could be fun to do that next week or in the week after. I so a, I had a free mosaic pale the other day. Wow. Mm. Super good. Still love mosaic. Super good. My baby hop. Super good. Uh, so that's going to do it for us today. Remember, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you find us. We'll share the uh, Google Doc of the Beer of the Week, so don't forget to look at that. And uh, you'll either hear us at Ruse next week or we'll be doing a tasting room. So uh, we appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you then. Trey says... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.